0: and welcome to the Somewhere in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Grumatius, and I am the head of middle school at Presbyterian School here in Houston, Texas. Today's special guest is Mrs. Courtney Kendall-Ritchie. Ms. kendall Kendall-Ritchie is our middle school counselor and happens to be the first ever middle school counselor at Presbyterian School. We are excited to get to know her better, so let's dive into the interview in the Somewhere in the Middle podcast. This is Charlie Gramatius, excited about having a new episode of Somewhere in the Middle, and today I have a special guest. My guest is Courtney Kindall-Ritchie. Mrs. Kindall-Ritchie is our middle school counselor, and she is going to introduce herself, and then we're going to go into some questions so that we can know more about her. So, Courtney, welcome. Glad you're here.
1: I'm glad to be here. My first Podcast where I'm interviewed, so this should be fun.
0: Very good. Um, Your first yeah. road to fame. I like it. Yes. Well, the first question I have, and we can dive right in, is a five minute or so ish background. Um, you can be less than that, of course, but it's more um, diving into how you became an educator, a um, counselor in education, and where that all came from. Okay. So go for
1: it. So I actually knew that this is what I wanted to do when I was 13 years old. Uh, when I was at a local private school here in Houston, I went to Duchenne for 13 years. Uh, My parents divorced when I was 10, and the counselor at Duchenne was very active in helping me manage that, and uh, I also had an alum's mother who was my outside-of-school counselor, and they just influenced me to the point that by the time I was 13, I wanted to be them, And because the Duchenne community had given me so much, I wanted to give back to another school community in that same way. wanted to be able to influence children in the same way I had been influenced, provide them that structure and that um, emotional support at school that some kids don't always get in the school setting. So when I graduated from Duchenne, I went to University of Houston. Quite honestly, it was not my first choice, even though I'm a big Kook fan now. Um, I wanted to go to University of Virginia, University of North Texas. But my dad said, no, you're going to stay close to home. And it ended up working out really well for me. Uh, So I got my undergraduate in psychology from there. And then I went on and got my master's in counseling psychology through the Department of Education at U of H. And I worked at U of H alumni the whole time. So U of H has always been a big part of my life too. And then it just so happened that straight out of my graduate program, a position was open at Duchenne. Okay. So I started out there. And then this position was posted a couple years ago when I was ready for a change, ready for a new challenge. I had been working with three through 10 year olds for eight years. And they are a lovely population, but I do really enjoy working with the middle schoolers here. And it's nice to have some boys in the mix Sure. since I do have a four-year-old boy. So they are letting me see what I need to prepare myself for <laughs> You're in getting the future. you some personal help
0: along with professional assistance. <laughs> yes, that's definitely. Good. That's good. So that's my story. Oh, very good. Well, and thats it's very interesting that all of it kind of fit into Houston all in one one fell swoop. Because a lot of times people have to go searching, but it sounds like a lot of things just sort of appeared for you in that space. So um, we've never had a counselor in the middle school prior to Courtney being a part of our program. We've had someone that kind of um, helped out with that role as much as, as she could, but she had other responsibilities in the school. So this is a dedicated uh, middle school counselor. So that's new to us, and we're still learning how that even fits into our, um, our, our everyday here but uh, it's just been a blessing in a lot of ways because there's been a lot of times where um, we don't know what to do when there's certain um, critical things happen in the um, course of the school day or in the course of the school year. And Courtney does because of her experience with kids. So it's brought a lot of professional um, comfort to a lot of teachers and a lot of, um, a lot of us in leadership as well. But let's move then into that um, school culture concept. So being new to the community also changes our culture a bit, but it sounds like you had a, an interesting um, uh, opportunity to, jo- to join our culture or join our school, and it sounds like culture was kind of a driving component of that. So talk a little bit about how um, culture influenced your decision to be here, but also what you see now that you're in it.
1: Yeah, so uh, one of the things that I have really enjoyed about working here is just the community. I think the way community is set up here at Presbyterian is really unparalleled. And that's even from talking to other counselor friends and other independent schools. Um, I've been able to get one of my friends who used to work with me to apply and she was accepted to work here too. So I really uh, value the way we communicate with each other, the way the families communicate with us, the way the families really seem to support and understand that the driving force behind the educators on this campus is the best interest of their children. It's just, it's a lot of love and it's a lot of respect, which I know is our core core, as Mark says. But it's one thing to put that out there in the universe and say, hey, respect is really important to us. It's another thing to actively live it. And I do actively see that on campus every single day between our students, between faculty members, between administration and faculty members. I do think that respect is really important. And two, watching Mark out there in the world and how he associates with the families and the kids, that's also unparalleled. You don't often see a head of school having that much hands on time, really knowing the names of every kid on campus. So he lives that respect for everybody too. And of course that's just the trickle down right. of how we all respond to that. So this community is really unique in that aspect. You
0: know, I remember um, one story that's always hit home for me is uh, my, I think it might've been my second or third year here. So we had not renovated the middle school space. Um, and in our main hallway, We had these kind of archway um, supports that went through the main hallway, and each one of them had a big um, uh, imagery on it of each of our core values, and then the Bible verse that was associated with it. And um, that was just a part of the middle school. When you walked through the hallway, you saw our core values. You walked through our core values all the time. It was intentional, but also nice as a nice reminder. But we had a substitute teacher here, and um, it was a gentleman that was substituting, I think, for our eighth grade program. And the day was over. He comes in to check out because he has to punch out at that time, and, and uh, he knocks on my door, which is right next to uh, Senora Mota's desk, which is our office manager, and he says, hey, you got a second? And I said, yeah, sure. He says, well, thanks for letting me uh, um, be a, a sub here today. We had never had him here on campus before. And he said, you know, I noticed those values you guys have above the, um, um, arch- on the archways of the main hallway. And I was kind of like, oh, no, where is this going? What have we done wrong to this poor sub, this poor gentleman with our kids? And he said, no, I saw that, them, and I just want you to know they're not just words. I saw it every period in the, in the, with the kids that I was working with. You really have found a way to have these kids embody those values um, in a way that was surprising to me. So somebody basically off the street comes in, spends you know, eight hours with their kids, and sees the core values. That's always been a uh, kind of a a landmark occasion for me as middle school um, division head. That we're doing something right. If at the end of the day we don't have the number one math student on the planet, that doesn't matter to me. But if we have a kid that embodies the core values that we have, and can show compassion and can and can persevere through struggle and can be respectful and such, there's no other checkbox that I need to check. And so that's been um, I appreciate that that's something that you see because that's something that we we have to be able to uh, project and have to be able to ingrained into the DNA of each kid as they come through the, the building. That's great. Kind of a hardball question. Turning corner here is on is more for personally for you, maybe it's not that hardball. But uh, for some people it might be. Pandemic um, living has has rocked our world this year um, and we've had to kind of reset our minds. So, you know, I talked to some people about the idea that We're not um, necessarily um, in charted territory anymore, but we're having to chart the new territory. So we're actively mapping out some new things and making new rules for ourselves or whatever it might be. Um, So in this pandemic-centered world that we live in, what rules have you had to keep or make sure that you maintained um, to keep your sanity, to keep your focus, whatever it might be? What's been so important to you for the benefit of others and for the benefit of you?
1: So I've always kind of joked that my Camp Gladiator Boot Camp is the one thing that keeps my sanity. It's that one hour a day where I can't think about anything else except for what crazy thing my trainer is putting (laughs) me through. Or that one hour a day where if I've just had a really bad day, I can get that aggression out by moving my body. Uh, and so I've I've kept up with that. I mean, you all know, but I don't know how many of our parents know, that I had a baby in the middle of the pandemic. Literally, my husband got kicked out of the hospital before I could be discharged because of, they changed the guidelines because of COVID.
0: While you were in the hospital. While changed- I
1: was in the hospital, they were like, <laughs> everybody that. over the loudspeaker, any visitors, need to leave. So he had to leave immediately. Wow. So. It was a challenge and, you know, couldn't have family or anybody come help with the baby right after she was born and had a four-year-old at home all at the same time, which was not remotely the plan, but everything worked out. So for me, as soon as I was allowed to work out again, being at home with a newborn and a four-year-old, as soon as I was allowed to, I made time for myself for that. That one hour a day, four or five times a week, and I just forced myself to do it, no matter how tired I was. As You will know with newborns, you don't sure. always have the energy for something sure. like that. But I pushed myself through that. And I continue to push myself through that. Now, it's all virtually now. So I do it in my garage, mm-hmm. which, again, is advantageous when you have two kids at home. But I need that time. And i it's my kind of version of mindfulness. I'm a big proponent of mindfulness. But I am also somebody that is constantly doing three things at once. So I don't know how to force my brain to slow down, even when I try. Working out forces my brain to just clear and focus on whatever I'm doing. That's great.
0: That's great. Yeah, I think that um, time for you means you're able to give time to others, right? So if you're focusing on you for even a pocket of time, that's the energizing moment you need that way. I definitely can relate to the need for some exercise time. You can put in the earbuds or something and kind of make the rest of the world go away for a little bit. That's good. So what about, um, is there a rule that you've had to make? Is there something that you've had to create for yourself because of um, the pandemic?
1: I think just given how much my life changed starting in March with having my daughter Laura too, I have had to force myself to slow down on some things. Like I said, I'm constantly go, go, going, doing three things at once. But I can't always do that and give proper attention to my kids or proper attention to what's right in front of me. And so I've had to kind of teach myself to take some things off my plate, put some more boundaries up on things that I feel like I can't take on. So that's kind of been a challenge too because I've always been somebody that's a helper. You need help? Let me help you with that. You need help? Help me. Let me help you with that. Always, yes, I will always help. But I've had to teach myself, take some of those things off my plate, let go of some of that stuff, say no to some people, because I just can't keep putting little bits of myself into everything, but not doing something to my full potential.
0: Right. We were talking before the podcast about the idea that with the digital connectivity that comes with the pandemic or the access to ourselves with the arrival of the pandemic, um, schedules have gone on overdrive. And there's just, the ability to um, create back-to-back-to-back things all the time, and if you're not doing three things at once, you're not doing enough, sometimes you feel like, because there's so much to do. So creating those pockets of, of um, time by saying no, which is one of the hardest things to do, I think, in private school education, is to say no, because there's always a, an opportunity to do something more. I tell people, I'm never gonna tell you no about a program, but I'm always gonna ask how, and that's really the, the next piece to it, um, Sometimes now, the idea is as we're taking on roles and responsibilities, we have to say no to some of those pieces because even though we want them, maybe it's whether it's resume related or it's just because we genuinely want to help contribute um, or both, um, sometimes that doesn't fit. And if you take it on, you can't maximize. And so you have to figure out a way to, to uh, um, create that space. Now, I appreciate having to, to say no and having to be more realistic with your time in that way. <laughs> all right you want to play a game sure we're okay. gonna play a game um i recoined this icebreaker game punchy penguins because it was just a fun name and you know icebreaking penguins they penguins punch. are one of my favorite animals so there you depth. go punchy that. penguins so on the desk in front of you courtney there okay. are four is it four there are five There's cards there. i think um they represent different topics very much like trivial pursuit but uh not trivia they're more about you, questions about you. So this is a get-to-know Mrs. Richie. ritchie um, You get to pick four of them in any order you want to. Just tell me the color you're picking, and then I, I read the question, and then see if you can answer it.
1: So do I just pick blindly?
0: Pick blindly.
1: All right, light blue, because it looks like the Presbyterian blue. <laughs> All right. What's the best advice you've ever received? I'm supposed to answer this. That's a tough one. I know. <laughs> it it's is one of those it's like <laughs> it's
0: like one of those interview questions. Like, really, I was supposed to prep for that question.
1: Gosh. Oh man.
0: You can pass <sighs> if you. There's one pass because there's five, so you can pass on that one.
1: Yeah, but then the other ones could be even more challenging.
0: No, whatever you don't answer is the one that I'm going to answer.
1: Okay. I don't want to give you, you dead also, air on your podcast. You could podcast, also defer.
0: You could defer and come back to it. Okay,
1: I want to defer and okay. come back to it because I'm sure there's some amazing. The second half. Defer to the device. second half. Got okay. It. Okay. <laughs> um, yellow. If you could have any fictional character as your friend, who would you choose and why? Well, of course, it has to be Harry Potter.
0: Okay. Why? I mean,
1: it, why there's there's magic. And an amazing backstory. And you know, he seems like a pretty compassionate and empathetic guy and yep. wants to be a helper and right. do whatever he can. Also very smart. Right. You know, Gryffindor and all I'm, that. I'm a
0: fan of his Patronus. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well. It's good stack. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's that would be easy. All right. Good. Okay. One down. Nice work. Okay. Uh green. Let's see here. If you could pick up a skill instantly, what would it be? Art. Oh. Easy. What kind easy. of art? Any medium of art. Painting oh, really? always seems really cool, but then there's, you know pastels and, you know, just any kind of medium. I even see the work the kids do in the hallways right. here, and it's just <laughs> phenomenal. And some of their self portraits that they do, even with the pencil medium, shading and all that. I don't feel like my art teachers were as skilled in my day that they are these days with the kids, and I definitely do not have any of that artistic skill at all.
0: <laughs> That's very good. Art, next one.
1: Uh, Two left. I uh, Plus the deferral. Yeah, I guess I'll go with navy. (laughs) Navy blue. Would you rather experience the beginning of planet Earth or the end of planet Earth? Oh, beginning. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. I don't want to see the end. (laughs) I mean, I know we're supposed to be, you know, killing the planet and global warming and all that, but let's hope that doesn't happen for many, many, many generations that I won't be a part of. Um, But yeah, the beginning of the planet would be much more interesting, I think. All right. Okay. So I can either flip this one and read it or give that to you and give that to you.
0: Right. So what she's trying to do right now is either pick the one she hasn't seen or pick the one she knows but has trouble with. Oh, she has the answer. I do know the answer. Okay.
1: When I was a kid, my dad told me to make yourself invaluable no matter what you do. So that's what I try to do everywhere I go. I don't want to make anybody dependent or codependent on me by any means, but I want to prove my worth and my value everywhere I go because that is what keeps people engaged and keeps you employed.
0: Very good. You came around strong with that one. I like it. <laughs> that's very good. All right. So what's the one that's left that I have to answer? You can. Is, what color is that? Orange? Oh, orange. Re- okay, the orange right. one.
1: I'm glad I didn't do this one.
0: Oh, dear. Okay.
1: What do you regret not doing when you were younger? Ah, what do I regret
0: not doing when I was younger? I regret not getting into trouble more. Really? I was a straight edge kind of kid. You know, if there was something that was on the edge of being dangerous or on the edge of being bad, I didn't do it because that just wasn't me. And you know that ended up probably limiting my experience with making mistakes more so than I wanted to. I could have done more things that were maybe towing the line just to see what life looked like on that side a little bit. Not to say that this is something that's advice to anybody else. <laughs> but Students that happen yeah, to hear this, do the, not follow. <laughs>
1: No, I I feel that I was the person in high school. My best friend wanted a belly button ring. I printed up all the research about what a belly button ring hole could do to you in your lifetime. She wanted a tattoo. I printed up all these, you know, reports and diagrams and confessionals from people who wish they never got a tattoo. Because this was, I was the mom. People, my friends called me mom in high school. This is why you shouldn't do it. And I can't tell you not to. But these are all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. And I will be really mad if you do it.
0: Well. <laughs> It's very good. I think that kind of relates into the counselor role just a bit, where you can at least give them the educated understanding about what they're feeling and why, and what they want to do and why. All right, so let's move to the last piece of this um, conversation. It really is the "what's going on" piece, and that is really um, an effort for us to learn about what you are doing with our middle school program, how you are helping enhance the lives of our kids, and um, some of the things you're excited about. So it actually could be both our school program and if there's something else outside, but let's focus on the school program first. What is um, going on in terms of meeting with families and meeting with kids and some of the, uh, the learning that you're offering to them?
1: So I think the big thing that I've been able to embark upon this year is study skills with seventh graders. And that has been really fun for me. I think last year's class of sixth graders who are now our seventh graders were probably the class that I was able to bond with the most in my first year. So I've loved building on that bond. I've loved helping them with some of their own executive functioning, calendar planning, figuring out how to study for tests, all stuff that Miss Mouton also taught them last year, but repetition is key at this age. So I've really enjoyed that. And then through that, I've also been able to um, kind of dive off onto some other social-emotional type things. So Miss Stuckey and I teamed up to do a digital citizenship part to help them understand what is going on in their digital social media screen time world. And also how they can respond to that, what to do when they don't know how to respond or when something gets out of hand. Because I think that's the other thing that Presbyterian does really well is we let kids make mistakes and we help guide them through the response to those mistakes without shame. Mm. And I think that's phenomenal. Uh, But, yes, we did that. And then this week I also started to do the preview for our seventh graders on sex education, which is something that I got to bring in last year, too. And that's been really outside of my comfort zone, if I'm honest. I told. Is this, it really
0: inside anyone's comfort zone? No, I, d-
1: I don't really. Th- I mean, maybe doctors. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but I told the kids today. I was like, if you had told my fourth through twelfth grade self, who would literally hide her face no matter when these diagrams came across or the conversation happened, that I would be pushing a sex education curriculum. I would have told you you were absolutely insane <laughs> because those words did not come across my face i did not speak of such things um but no i think it's really important that we teach the kids the basics of what they need to know and how to protect themselves, and, and then I will follow up with conversations about consent and healthy relationships, both understanding what a healthy relationship looks like in a friendship, because they still need to know that, and that's the core of future relationships, and also what an unhealthy one looks like, how to set healthy boundaries, how to assert yourself, I and mean, these are all conversations that I kind of build from this initial sex ed conversation. And then also, I've been able to bring Dr. Krista Collier in, one of the products of Pandemic. Everybody's doing Zoom. So I have been able to have evening parenting seminars Twice, um, we have it scheduled to follow up with students as well. Uh, But evening parenting seminars on social media and screen time. And we just did one on executive functioning. And we have another one that's coming up on anxiety. And uh, we have one for seventh and eighth grade students on drugs, vaping, and alcohol. And so it gives parents an opportunity to listen in on a conversation. Or if they can't listen in, they're all recorded. So they can see the recording later in the parent portal. And so I think that's been really a fantastic silver lining to the pandemic is allowing somebody to come in and speak about these things and have parents ask questions and engage in these kind of topics that are on the forefront of all parents' minds right now. So that's been really good, bringing that to the students because they don't always hear it, but it's kind of gets tucked in the back of their mind. So um, what I always say is, you know, if they go home making fun of something like techno tantrums, great. That mm. means they've heard that information <laughs> and at some point that's going to be valuable information for them to act on. but I'd rather them make fun of it than never have heard it at all right. right. So yeah, I mean that's just kind of the programming I've been doing there. Uh, I meet with kids whenever I can as we've talked about schedule is definitely different in the year of pandemic. So um, in last year I was able to do group lunches. kids could just sign up. It was great. can't do group lunches this year because of cohorting issues. So uh, I still do get to meet one-on-one with kids when necessary. If a kid has, you know, even small, I just had a fight with a friend. I don't know how to handle it. You know, we'll talk about that. Or I have something I want to tell my parents, but I don't know how to talk to them about it. So let's meet and chat about that. And so it's still been really good. um, And I've been able to work with advisors on some things for cohorts, stuff like that. So that's kind of how my role has looked this year.
0: It's been a blessing for us just to have that that safety net, that component where kids are learning about who they can go to to talk about some things that really are, are pulling at them so that they can have a regular day. You know, they can at least unpack and, and decompress a bit and then have what amounts to a regular day for them. Courtney, I'm just so grateful for all the work that you're doing in the various spaces that you have been a part of um, at Presbyterian School. You've added so much, you bring so much confidence um, to our ability to take care of children. And I think that is in turn turning into their confidence and self-confidence because they're gaining some of life lessons that may have been missing in the past. So thank you for being here and thanks for talking today. And um, we're just glad to hear from you. Um, All right. Well, listen, everybody, I think this is going to wrap up our session today. And um, stay tuned. There'll be plenty more coming in the future. But uh, we appreciate Courtney's time and we look forward to Um, the next time around so have a great day everybody thanks so much